Good morning, everybody. Amen. It's good to be here this Sunday morning. Uh, amen. So, uh, Brother BJ and Brother Ryan have been going through a book called Christian Development Series that was written by Crawford Coon. I bought the books years ago. And today's lesson was, I'm saved, now what? But I realized everything that was in that lesson, y'all are doing that. And so I thought I would uh, uh, skip ahead and cover a different subject. So today, if you'll look at your notes, it is going to cover the Sabbath. And uh, I was, you know, this is a source of a lot of confusion. There are a lot of people that have all kinds of ideas and opinions about the Sabbath. And so I intended to teach on the Sabbath. And so uh, this morning I woke up about 45 minutes earlier than my alarm, about 5.30 I woke up. And so I started out the day meditating on the Sabbath. Sabbath. Somebody will tell me what the Sabbath is? Just off the top of your head, can you tell me what the Sabbath is? Right, right. It's... That's right, that's right. So Sabbath is the seventh day. If you'll notice in your note, uh, a seven is a big, a big deal in the Bible. And so we know that uh, in the, the book of Genesis, the Bible says the evening and the morning were the first day. The evening and the morning were the second day. The evening and the morning were the third day. All the way down to the sixth day. And at the conclusion of the sixth day, the Lord had created everything that was made. And it says in Genesis chapter 2, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. And so the seventh is, is a, big, a big deal. It's the last day of the week. And on the last day of the week, of God's creative week, God rested. I heard someone say that when the Lord rested, he simply watched everything he made just work. He filled the earth and all that was in the earth with his spirit. Brother Shandy, Brother Ryan has some notes. And so uh, the Sabbath, uh, you know, also the, the scripture tells us when the Lord taught on the Sabbath, he told them to sow their fields six years, and on the Sabbath year they let their fields rest. And then there's the Sabbath of the Sabbaths every every. 50th year was called Jubilee. And in the Jubilee, everything, every debt, everyone that had sold their land, their inheritance to someone else, everyone that had sold themselves into indebtedness, all the loans, everything would return back to his original owner. Everybody that had sold themselves uh, for a debt that debt was forgiven. That's what the Lord's intention was. And the Lord commanded them 
that on the, the Jubilee, the Jubilee year, it was the Sabbath of Sabbaths, in that all of the indebtedness, all of the enslavement, all of the, the, the loans and all of the selling of inheritance would return to the original owner. Now think about that. How awesome would it be if you were born on the 25th year of a jubilee and so you're 26 years old and you had a car note, <laughs> you took a loan out uh, on your inheritance and all the things that you may have uh, accumulated and on the jubilee year you were debt free. <laughs> pretty good deal in fact even if you borrowed money on the 49th year the jubilee year God's command is that they would forgive all the debts you won't find it hard to believe the Jews never observed the jubilee if you remember the Babylonian captivity where the children of Israel were carried away captive to Babylon that was a judgment. They spent 40 years in Babylon, one year for every jubilee that was not observed by the Jews. And when Jeremiah determined the, end, the, the, the length of the captivity, he knew they're coming back home. And he prophesied the children of Israel would come back to the promised land at the end of that 40 years because he saw the judgment had been determined. But my point in sharing that with you is it was a big deal to God. And the Lord judged the people of Israel because they did not observe his command concerning the Jubilee. It's not hard to believe. Imagine if you're the guy that has the car loan and the house loan and, and the, uh, the, the, the paycheck a day loan and you've got someone that's got all this debt on the Jubilee year, you've got to forgive all the debts? <laughs> no surprise that they did not obey God because that would have been very, that was a great thing for one side to rejoice in, and that would be like very onerous for the person that was loaning all the money. So, Sabbath is a, is a really big deal. Now, now the word Sabbath is, on, is the first time it is mentioned in the Bible. In, in relationship to, actually the first time the word is mentioned in the Bible, the Sabbath word is mentioned in Exodus 16 and 23. Would somebody like to, with a mic, like to read that uh, verse for me? Exodus chapter 16 and verse 23, Brother Ryan, you have a mic? You have your notes? Yeah, 1629. I have them both. You only have one. 1629. See, for the Lord hath given you the Sabbath, therefore he gives you on the sixth day the bread of two days. Abide you every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So that is the second time the word Sabbath is mentioned in the Bible. The first time it is mentioned in verse 23. And he said unto them, That is that which the Lord hath said. Tomorrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Bake that which ye will bake today. Seethe that ye will seethe. And that which remaineth over lay up for you to be kept until the morning. 
So the first time the Sabbath is mentioned is in relationship to the manna. You remember the manna? They're in the wilderness. The Lord gives them manna every morning. And the Lord says, go out every morning and gather the, the, the uh, how much manna. It's basically miraculous bread. You go out and gather this miraculous bread from heaven. And you pick that up and you gather enough for everybody in your family. And he says, don't gather more, more than one day. Don't gather enough for the second day. Only every day you got to go out and gather your bread. Except on the sixth day, which it would be Friday in our calendar, on Friday, go out and gather double. I will give you a double portion of manna on Friday because on the Sabbath day, you will eat the, the, the second portion of the double portion, and I don't want you to go out of your tent all day. Everybody say Sabbath. So I was thinking about this morning when I was shaving. Thankfully, I didn't cut myself. Got me, I got excited, but I didn't cut myself. I, I, it, it occurred to me, one of the first curses of Adam was, you will eat your bread by the, by the sweat of your brow. Y'all remember that, right? The curse of disobedience to God's word was that Adam and all of his seed following him would eat his bread by the sweat of his brow. But in the wilderness, when the Lord provided miraculous provision, he said, I want you to gather a double portion on the, the sixth day, and on the seventh day you will eat the, the bread with no sweat. <laughs> no sweat. So the very first relief God gave man from the curse of eating their bread from the sweat of their brow, we see this foreshadowing of God's provision of bread with no sweat here in the manna. And we know if you read the New Testament, the Bible says Jesus is the bread that came down from heaven. And we, what did Jesus say within the Lord's Prayer? And give us this day our daily bread because of Jesus we have access to bread every day and no sweat <laughs> the lord is available the lord is near we didn't just as the in the original creation uh the voice of the lord walked with adam and eve in the cool of the day and we have access to the bread from heaven daily bread every day and it doesn't require any sweat. <laughs> Amen. If that, if that don't bless you, that's all right. It blessed me. Amen. So the, 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 in Exodus chapter 20, uh, somebody want to read for me ver chapter uh, verse uh, 7 through 11? Uh, does anybody else have a mic? Yeah. There you go. Brother Nate Byers. Go ahead. Got to turn the mic on. Take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath 
of the Lord thy God, in it thou shalt do no work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gate. For in six days the Lord made Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So we find the principle of observing the Sabbath here in the book of Exodus. We find no biblical account where they were observing the Sabbath until the Old Covenant. In the Old Covenant, a part of the Old Covenant was this principle that rest, resting on the Sabbath, that is how they would observe the Lord's work in their life. And so it's very important, Exodus chapter 31 and verse 14, verse 315, Ye shall keep the Sabbath therefore, for it is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death, for whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days may work be done, but in the seventh, in the seventh, if the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord, whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. So Jesus, uh, in the word of God, the Old Testament, God is saying, part of your covenant, Part of your worship to me is you don't do any work on the Sabbath. Now, now, on the next page, you will find a list of 39 things you can't do if you're going to observe the Sabbath. And in each one of those things, there are a host of items that qualify in things you cannot do on the Sabbath. You can't carry anything. They could not go outside their tent and gather bread. You can't burn anything. You couldn't cook your food. You can't reheat your food. Uh, you can't light a fire. Uh, you can't extinguish a fire. And in a New Testament, in, in a modern day sense, if you're going to observe the Sabbath, you can't drive your car because internal combustion is fire. So if a person says they're keeping the Sabbath and they drive their car, they are breaking the thing they say they are observing. You can't finish something. You can't finish a project. <laughs> uh, you, can't, you can't finish it. You can't cook anything. You can't knead bread. You can't write anything. You can't erase anything. You can't cook anything. You can't wash anything. You can't sew anything. You can't tear anything. You can't... You can't tie a knot. You can't untie a knot. You can't, uh, you can't shape a thing. You can't plow a thing. You can't plant a thing. You can't reap a thing. You can't harvest a thing. You can't thresh a thing. You can't select anything. You can't sift anything. You can't grind anything. You can't knead anything. You can't combine anything. You can't spin anything. You can't dye anything. You can't chain stitch anything. Crocheting. Warping, weaving, unraveling, building, demolishing, trapping, shearing, slaughtering, skinning, tanning, smoothing, marking. You can't do anything on the Sabbath. And if an Old Testament Jew, if they were going to observe the Sabbath, they couldn't do anything. 
And anyone that tells you today that they are keeping the Sabbath, either A, they are ignorant what the Bible says you can't do on the Sabbath, or they are making an excuse so they can criticize everybody for doing what they don't do and for not doing what they're doing. Because if you're going to observe the Sabbath, the only thing you can do is eat leftovers, cold leftovers, read the Word of God, and walk to the temple. You can't drive to the temple. In the Bible, there is a thing called a Sabbath day's journey. Anybody heard that before? A Sabbath day journey? What is a Sabbath day journey? It's how far they could walk to get to the temple. And in fact, it is a, it's an estimation, it's been said, that the furthest tent from the tabernacle was a Sabbath day's journey. What's that mean? You can't go anywhere. You can't go, you, you, can't, you can't just not cook food. You can't go to the drive-thru of someone else cooking food. And so my point is there are a lot of people that uh, celebrate their Sabbath-keeping but in reality, the scripture says that if you offended one point of the law, you had offended all of the law and are guilty and judged of breaking the law. I have good news today. <laughs> we are no longer bound by the law of the Sabbath. Yes. 146 times you will find the word Sabbath in your Bible. 91 times in the Old Testament. 55 times in the New Testament. The first time that it appears, Jesus and his disciples are walking through and picking corn and eating it. Jesus and his disciples were breaking the Sabbath. Not just a tradition of the Sabbath. They were violating the Sabbath. Jesus was foreshadowing and he was condoning them doing something that would be done away with, but it was a source of great contention with the Jews. They were critical, judgmental of Jesus because they were picking corn and eating it. The next time you find the, the word Sabbath in your Bible, Jesus tells a man whose hand is withered to stretch out his hand. And the Jews are offended that Jesus did a miracle on the Sabbath. And Jesus says, are you telling me that it is evil to do good on the Sabbath? If you see your ox in the ditch, will you not get the ox out of the ditch? Why would it be wrong for me to do something good, heal someone? that is afflicted on the Sabbath. The third time that they criticize Jesus on the Sabbath is he says to a man that is crippled, Arise, take up thy bed and walk. It was against the Sabbath to carry a bed. You can't carry anything on the Sabbath. But the Lord's told this crippled man, Rise, take up your bed and walk. Amen. And and the final time the Sabbath is used in Matthew, 
what I've referenced so far as the book of Matthew. The final time the Sabbath is used in Matthew is the revelation of the resurrected Christ. Uh, Brother Nate, you want to read that, Matthew 28 and verse 1? In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulchre. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. Keepers did shake and keep and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. And he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And from that day forward, the first day of the week was called the Lord's Day. Very good. So, so think about that. The, the, the exclamation of the revelation of the incarnation. <laughs> that, that's a mouthful. The exclamation of the revelation of the incarnation was an angel moved the stone. The angel did a work on the first day of the week. And the Bible says he was sitting on the stone. I see an angel, he moves the stone, he sits up on the stone and says, hey, did you just see that? <laughs> and Jesus is arisen. He says, you cannot find the dead among the living. And so the, 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 the first day of the week is declared the Lord's day because it was the first day of the week that Jesus was resurrected victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Jesus, come on somebody, amen, somebody needs to raise your hand and say praise God, amen, amen, the revelation of the Lord of the Sabbath, an earthquake, an angel uh, rolled the stone away and Jesus in this demonstrate there is a change happening, amen, there is something that transitions from the Old Testament to the New Testament, the holy day in the Old Testament was the last day of the week. The holy day of the Old Testament was resting from creation. But the holy day in the New Testament is rejoicing in the resurrection. It's a new creation. The Lord flipped the script, and rather than observing the last day, we start our week out on the first day. We worship on the first day. We pray on the, I feel like I'm preaching. We pray on the first day. We shout on the first day. Because it's not just observing what, what the Lord did in creation. We are rejoicing in what the Lord is going to do this week. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Amen. Y'all know that song. Amen. Amen. So it's very important for us to recognize Jesus did healing on the Sabbath day. Jesus did deliverance. He cast out devils on the Sabbath day. Jesus was revealed as the resurrection and the life on 
the first day of the week. And from that day forward, the first day of the week was called the Lord's Day. Amen. So here's the thing. And I, I, I don't know if you've come across this, but it's out there. I never will forget when we were selling our previous location, uh, 1229 Spring Ridge Road, just a few miles down the road. Uh, we s- leased and eventually sold our building to the Seventh-day Adventist. And I never will forget someone asked me, what do the Seventh-day Adventists believe? And the only thing I knew was in their name. Well, they uh, believe in worshiping on the Sabbath. I later found out there's a lot of things that the Seventh-day Adventists believe that is a little odd from our perspective. And the reason why, this is just a little tidbit, the Seventh-day Adventists were one of two major branches that sprang from a man with the last name Miller, and the followers were called Millerites. And the Millerites split because there was a controversy because he gave a date when the Lord was going to come back. And as date setters go, Jesus didn't come back on that date. So there was a split. The Millerites believed that Jesus was actually Michael the archangel. The Millerites don't believe in a literal hell. They believe in the annihilation of the wicked. And so when they split, you have the Jehovah's Witnesses that were one branch of the Millerites. And you have the Seventh-day Adventists that were the second branch of the Millerites. And so the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Seventh-day Adventists both believe that Jesus is in fact an angel. Michael, the archangel, is Jesus. And they also don't believe in a literal hell that Jesus taught and preached. And so uh, I remember I learned that and uh, I learned other things about their belief. But I, I also have come across people online. In fact, I've communicated with someone not far from here. Uh, I think I knew his father. And uh, he is an apostolic who observes the Sabbath. And there are a slew of them that have been deceived by the what, I would, what the Scripture calls Judaizers, bringing people to serve under the law. And usually when they fall for one lie, they end up swallowing a whole bunch of deception that's wrapped up in this uh, being a New Testament Jew. Nothing wrong with being, uh, no, nothing wrong with celebrating and recognizing the truth and the festivals and the feast. But in the New Testament, we are no longer duty bound to observe holy days and the things that are in it. And how do I know that? Because the only time the word Sabbath is mentioned in the New Testament, we're about to read it. And this morning I read the context of the only time. And it was just me. But while I'm sitting there doing this Bible study, I got, I got Holy Ghost happy all by myself. Praise God. Amen. Uh, Brother Luz, would you get the mic? I want you to read uh, Colossians 2 and 8 through 17. And, 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 and read it good and loud. Turn on the mic. There you go. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. 
for in him dwell the, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of the principality and power. Okay, so I want you to get this. He is t warning them that some people are going to uh, cause you to be spoiled through philosophy and deception after tradition and after opinions that are of this world and not after Christ. Go ahead. In Christ, who is Christ? He's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Keep reading. In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. The circumcision of Christ. Now, the, another thing I want you to recognize is circumcision was the sign of the Old Covenant. In the Old Testament, if a man was not circumcised, even though it was because his parents didn't circumcise him as a child, he was cut off from the covenant. The only way you could be in covenant with God in the Old Testament, a man had to be circumcised or he was not a part of the people of God. But the New Testament circumcision is not made with hands. It is here. Verse 12, read for me. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. Yes. And you, being dead in your, <clears throat> being dead in your sins and the circumcision of, uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you of all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. Uh, I want you to catch that. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. Go ahead. That was against us which was contrary to us, and it took away, and it took out the way, nailing it to the cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore now, I, I want you. I want you to catch this. That he is, he's laying out the case. He's making all these points. He's, he's telling us that the Lord has removed this this handwriting of ordinances after the tradition of men. He's taken away the need to be circumcised, even though they were, they were Gentiles and they had not been circumcised, and there were Jews trying to circumcise the, the uh, Gentile Christians. He is telling them, you don't need to be circumcised in your flesh because you have been baptized, buried with Christ in baptism. And so he, he wraps it up, and then in verse 16, he, he, he puts a point on it. Go ahead, read verse 16. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the bodies of Christ. So the only time the Sabbath is mentioned by the epistles to the church from the apostles is this singular one teaching about the Sabbath. And what does he say? Let no man judge you on how you observe holy days and if you observe the Sabbath. Because these things were a shadow of things to come that was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. <laughs> Amen. I want to go home and make a grilled cheese sandwich just to say thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I'm no longer kept from lighting a fire. Any of you ladies, if you crochet, you should go home today and pick up your crochet needle and do a little crochet and say, thank God I'm no longer held by the law of the Sabbath. Maybe somebody should go pick up sticks in your yard from the wind and you could pick up sticks and say, thank God I am free. 
to clean up my yard. Come on, somebody. You go through that list of find something today that's on that list, and I want you to do it and observe the fact, do it this coming Sabbath, and observe the fact that we, our rest is not found in what we don't do. Come on, I'm about to say something to blow your mind. We find rest in what Jesus did. <laughs> in the work of Christ, in the blood of Jesus Christ, in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, because of what he did, we can rest in the work of Jesus Christ. We are saved by grace through faith and not of ourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We're not saved in the Old Testament sacrifice, the Old Testament ceremonial law. We are saved by the power and the blood and the spirit of Jesus Christ. And because I love Jesus, I'm going to do the things that faith motivates me to do. What does faith motivate me to do? What the Word of God says. Jesus said, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so, uh, James chapter 2, in reference to what I said to others, for those that might think they need to worship on the Sabbath, uh, the, the New Testament does give you liberty. If you want to observe the Sabbath, you have the liberty to observe the Sabbath. But if you're going to observe the Sabbath, you better keep the whole thing. Because if you keep one point of the Sabbath and break and break all the rest, you don't get no credit for observing the Sabbath. Because you're not keeping the Sabbath. That's like saying I, uh, I, I, I get a Q-tip and clean out my ear and say I just took a bath. Oh, I cleaned out one part of my body, the inside of my ear, right? That's pretty. Brother, Brother Noah has a video that would probably bless you. <laughs> He bought one of those devices you can get on Amazon. Uh, I, I'm sure he probably doesn't want to tell you about that. <laughs> but back to the Sabbath. <laughs> Amen. So what is what is the New Testament Sabbath? No doubt the New Testament Sabbath is, is us in our rest and rejoicing in the work of Jesus Christ that he did on the cross and that he exemplified in the resurrection. No doubt that is a part of the Sabbath. But the Sabbath is not complete if you have not experienced the spirit of the Sabbath. For the Lord is the Lord of the Sabbath. In Isaiah chapter 28 and verse 11, For with stammering lips and another tongue will I speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to find rest. And this is the refreshing. But the word of the Lord was unto them precept, Upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. Amen. When you are filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that is the spirit of Jesus Christ. That is the rest. <laughs> that is the rest for your soul. And we have access to the Sabbath Sunday, which is the first day. We have access to the rest Monday. And we have, come on somebody, we have rest, access to the rest on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and all day Saturday. We have access to the rest through the Spirit 
through the Holy Spirit, through the gift of the Holy Ghost, with stammering lips in another tongue. <laughs> Amen. Praying in the Spirit. When you pray in the Spirit, your 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 spirit is edified. Your soul is edified. You 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 the the Spirit of God prays through you according to the will of God. And that kind of rest is a rest that was never available until Acts chapter two. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set upon all each of them. And they were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Amen. Or somebody say rest. Amen. That's, that's the rest in the story. <laughs> the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost we have access to the Holy Ghost every day and and we have access to daily bread every day and I'm glad today that I have a revelation of the Sabbath I have a revelation that the Lord can heal on the Sabbath the sixth day of the week and the Lord can heal on the first day of the week every day we observe as unto the Lord. We observe every day as unto the Lord. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Anybody have any thoughts, comments, additions, questions about the Sabbath? Going once. Go ahead, Sister Gloria. You got anything to say? Has anybody seen, I know Brother Billy made a statement that somebody that he knows that observes the Sabbath. Have you seen anybody that you know that's talking like they, uh, that, that you need to observe the Sabbath? Amen. Well, I hopefully, amen. Well, God bless you. We're going to start worship service here in a little while. And uh, it's going to be a good day. It's a good day in Jesus' name.